The name exercise is the first assignment our students record when they walk through the doors of NEPR's Media Lab. Sharing the origin of their name, or what it means to them, is the vehicle that drives our students to bear their soul to the microphone. I'm Belki Santiago and I'm from the Care Center. Sometimes Bell or Becky, my name comes from a queen, but my mom chose it from a singer from her hometown. When you hear my name, I can never get away with anything because my name is unique and bold. I make everyone pronounce my name. My name is Bell and Kiss, then remove a S because everyone decides to pronounce my name how they want. So I'm Belkis, Bucky, Becky, or Belkis. My name is Ivelis Rivera and they call me evil because I was so mean and straight up with everything. I was named after my aunt, let her rest in peace. Ivelis, every time my people call my name, funny comes up. Beautiful, see it. Original, happy, real friend, never fake. Love my name. It really represents me 100%. I'm Puerto Rican. I came from the Bronx, New York. I'm a single parent. I had my daughter at 16. Family judged me, said that I would never do good with or without a kid. I kept my head up. Got in a shelter in Western. I started being independent. Of course, a young girl with a beautiful baby girl, no one support, was confused. Just me moving shelter from shelter, doing everything just to have my own place. Move again to a shelter in Springfield. Was there for four months. It was hell, stressful, hard, uncomfortable. But had to look down at my baby girl and got stronger just for her to have her own place. Not like me, homeless, hopping from house to house. Finally got my own place at 18, started school, following my goals thanks to my God and my positive energy from my baby girl. We making it, love it, never give up. If I could do it, you could do it too. Hola, mi nombre es Nancy. Uh, soy dominicana. Mi padre me puso el nombre de Nancy por una prima que tenía allá en República Dominicana. Ella es una mujer muy humilde, excelente persona. Uh, tengo dos niñas. Estoy muy orgullosa de ser madre soltera. Mis niñas me dan fuerza y el ánimo para seguir luchando por una buena por un buen propósito en la vida. Le doy gracias a Dios por darme la dicha de ser madre. Ah, le puse el nombre Ashley y Gianna a mis dos hijas porque creo que son dignas del nombre que tienen. Ah, le doy gracias a Dios por mi dos terremotos. Gracias por todo. My name is Selena Gary. My mom picked up my name. She dedicated it to the singer Selena. The name seems both happy and sad. I feel connected to the happy side. My mom loved Selena, had her CDs and movies. I liked singing in her music and dancing. My full name is Amanda K. Dehomor. My parents disagreed about what to name me, but my dad won because one of his distant relatives was named Amanda. I wasn't going to have a middle name, but on the day I was born, my grandma reminded my mom that my great-aunt Kay would have turned 100 on the same day I was born if she was still alive. So my last name became hyphenated, and my first two names each come from a relative on either side of my family. I like the symmetry of my four names and their history. I feel like Amanda Kay Dehomore, even though I've never really felt like an Amanda. My name is Sundali, and I come from the care center. My name is passed from my mother and then passed to my daughter. My name means a lot. It comes from a hardworking woman that means the world to me and has shown me to keep forward with life, always been strict with me in a good way. 
even when I was a stillborn child. Sub comes from my mom because her name is Subjali, and my other half comes from my dad. His name is Daniel. I feel like my other half don't mean much since I always was begging for my dad to be there for me, even though it really didn't matter to him. He might be a stranger, but in my eyes, he was my dad. A dad I wanted to relate. A dad I wanted to be there. In my first heartbreak, it kind of sucks, but I feel like I need to have a different meaning into my name. So my name is Edie. It means the best of the milk and the soil. My father gave me the name. We come from a long line of people whose lives were devastated by war. My father's whole family was killed in Poland. And the day I gave birth to my first daughter, my husband, who also comes from war refugees, when I was in that crazy, bleary, afterbirth state, said, we can't give her one of these hyphenated names. I'm going to change the name. So I was in this kind of afterbirth crazy moment, and he changed our daughter's last name to his name first, and then my name. And they're all one. There's no hyphen. It's the world's hardest name, Stromatov. It sounds like beef stroganoff. It's like a cafeteria food. So my two daughters have this name like that sounds like stroganoff. So I feel very lucky that my name is only Edie Madov, and they're Eliana and Dahlia Stromatov. What I like about their two names, Eliana and Dahlia, each name is like my name, E.D., and that was on purpose because even though they are not me, I feel myself going through my daughters. My name is Liza Birnbaum. My first name isn't short for anything. It's just Liza, but people are often a little confused by that and think it's short for Elizabeth or something else, and people often also mispronounce it, so I'm kind of used to responding to Lisa, Liz. Liza, whatever, Liza. Liza is a common one at the doctor's office. My last name means pear tree in German, and my dad planted a pear tree in our yard. And every year now, when the pears come, he sends some to us, which is really cool. My name's Lena Tsikinovska, but when I was born, it was really Lena Tsikinovska because I was born in Ukraine. My name isn't Ukrainian, though, and it's not Jewish either, even though my family is Jewish. It's Russian. And that's because about 100 years ago, um, most Jewish people had to change their names to Russian names. When we moved to America when I was 10, my Russian name, Yelena, was changed at the border into Ukrainian name, which is Olena, because Ukraine had become independent since I was born and was very nationalistic. But when I moved here, everyone said, oh, what's, I can't pronounce that name. I can't make those sounds. So everyone said, you have to pick an American name. So for a really long time, I had a completely different name. I almost picked the name Hallie because I really liked the parent trap when I was 10. But I, I picked some other name, and I went by it forever, and I hated it. And then eventually, I grew up, and I said, I don't want to go by some American name. I'm just going to use my, my old name. My name is Emily. I never felt connected to the name. There's always another Emily, no matter where you go. There's always another Emily, and I don't like that. So having like a basic name really pushed me to be different. So I always had like my hair braided or now I have the locks and I try and like be really different in that way. I have four older sisters and my mom let my sisters choose my name. 
So I say my name was like a throw-in, like a shoe-in, because they all have like really unique names. NEPR's Media NEPR's Lab podcast Media is coming at you now. This is Chase Dion. This is Chase Dion. 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 Dude, go for it. <laughs> In a world where the people have no voice. Fake <laughs> news runs wild. And social, social, social media dictates our lives. And we're here to keep it real at Media Lab. Just a group of students looking for the truth. Hashtag what story are you telling? Hashtag go tell it. NEPR Media Lab. This is Allison Morn sitting here with Saint Marie Fajardo talking about her recent commentary. Saint Marie, can you tell me a little bit about your piece? My piece is about how depression can lead to cutting and to suicidal thoughts. I chose to do this piece because there was a time in my life where I was feeling that way. I just thought that nothing I did was ever enough. I wasn't really good with making friends, wasn't really good at home speaking with my parents. My mother wasn't really around and stuff. I think the thing that inspired me more to write about this is I'm able to let people know what I went through and my story. And I think that by other people listening to this, if there's anyone out there that is going through the same thing, they can understand and see that things do get better and that things won't always be as dark and as rough as it might seem at the moment, but the sun shines at the end. Is there something you found particularly challenging about the commentary-making process? The challenge that I faced the most was maybe putting my feelings on a paper and letting people know what I went through. I'm not really a person that talks a lot about my personal life to anyone since I haven't talked to my mom about my personal life that much. She doesn't really know that much about my personal life. So it was like talking to some total strangers about my personal experience was really difficult. What has the experience of the Media Lab program helped you with? Well, first off, the experience has been great. I've learned a lot of new things and I've made a lot of new friends. And I think The thing that I took out of this mostly was being able to open myself up to people and the community and just letting people see who the real me is. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. And now we're going to listen to your piece. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Commentary is a personal story told within the time frame of two to five minutes. Typically, commentaries are about personal subjects. Now, back to our show. You understand the pain of the bloody lines upon your skin when the thick, warm blood races down the side of your arm and when you try to hide your cuts from your mother. You can feel the stinging, and the reason you decided to cut comes back. You try to cope with the fact your beautiful skin has been cut, and why? Why did you decide to put a blade to your skin? Because the girls in your class made fun of the way your hair frizzed up on a misty day. Because the boys in your class thought it was funny to call you a slut. Even when you decided to ignore the boys that came your way just because you were too afraid of their words. You had a lot of boys as friends, but most just disrespected. Others would make up stories about your adventures in their rooms. Although they were lies, you couldn't understand why. Why ruin your life before it even began? When you tried to talk to the new girl, she already knew the rumors and she didn't want to become your friend. You would go home every day, told your mother you weren't hungry, and fell asleep with both your stomach and heart empty. Then one day, you just sit. You put the blade to your skin, crying from the emotional pain, but screaming with your face in the pillow from the physical pain. A tear drops. Is this the way your life will get better? 
Will you ever get over the neglection and the hate and you just sit blood dripping on your sheets and you just lay down and let it drip? You fall asleep, but then you wake up, you cry. Cry because you just don't understand. You've heard put the blade down, but yet again you found peace with the blade to your skin. This is my past, a dark place I wouldn't like to live in again. Now, I find my peace at the tip of a pen and in the sound of my voice. Check us out on NEPR.net, or you can hit us up on Facebook at NEPR underscore Media Lab. And don't forget to hashtag, what story are you telling as you tell your own? Peace. What's a Vox Pop, you ask? Well, a Vox Pop is a quick story expressed, but it isn't just of one voice. Instead, it's made of many different voices as well, from recorded interviews. These interviews are acquired by bringing along a voice recording device and politely asking other individuals to answer or comment on a certain topic. The process is a quite nervous one, but all the worthwhile at the end. Listen in your office, in your car, or even your neighborhood bar. You can listen with your whole family. What's your name? Devin Peterson. What are you doing when you leave school? Um, hopefully going to college, career in... Uh, Forensic Science. What's your name? Richard Foster. What are you doing after high school, after your four years? I um, yeah, I plan on going to college. I'm majoring in like, criminal justice. Taishana, ninth grader in Cosmo. What I want to do. I'm a Santi. I'm a ninth grader and I want to be in the medical field. My name is Lucilania Santiago. I'm in ninth grade and I want to be a culinary major. My name is Teresa. I'm in ninth grade and my trade is IT. My name is Trayden. My name is Sadiq. My trade is sheet metal, and I'm in ninth grade. My name is Mercedes. I'm in graphic communication, and I'm in ninth grade. Okay, my name is Julie Bear. I'm in sheet metal, and I'm in ninth grade. My name is Kiana. I'm in sheet metal, and I'm in ninth grade. My name is Tiana. I'm in ninth grade, and my shopping multimedia. What is it? What is it? Gabrielle Stewart, um, electric, and ninth grade. My name is Imani Warren. I'm in ninth grade, and my trade is retail. <coughs> I'm Jacqueline. I'm Jacqueline Owens. I'm in the ninth grade. I'm in Allied Health. I'm Naya. I'm in the ninth grade and I'm in Allied Health. I'm Jada Perez. I'm in ninth grade and I'm in Allied Health. Alaya, ninth grade, sheet metal. What are you guys in? What's your name? Nashira. What are you doing when you're done with your four years of high school? I'm not sure yet. No, no idea, nothing. Might go into the Marines. Might go to be in college. What's your name? Uh, my name is Wesley Rivera. What are you doing after the school when you're done? Uh, after school, uh, I might just go to sleep, you know, take a quick nap or something, then wake up and, you know, go to the court or something, you know. Oh, like, after, like, after your four years of, of after your four years of high school. Yeah, go ahead. I think I'm going to go to college, uh, study some journalism, uh, get myself focused. What's your name? I'm Sumana. What are you doing after your four years of high school? Chill. NPR Media. At 1600 Main Street in Springfield, a club hosts an open mic for new performers and offers an alternative for many young people. Daniel Smith from New England Public Radio's Media Lab has this report. If you've ever been to Springfield, you know that we dance to a different beat than most cities. But I found that it is more unique than I originally thought when I went to a nearby club's open mic on a Wednesday night. For many, the International Beer Garden is their escape. Amidst the cheering crowds, music, in a single spotlight, I spoke to both performers and Daryl Moss, the host of the open mic. 
30 years of my life, mm -hmm. I was a social worker. I worked with young people. Mm -hmm. So open mics, when people talk about engaging young people and getting them involved, there's nothing like music and the arts. And I do a lot of work with gang members and folks who are gang involved. So I really recruit them and try and tap into their artistic side, get them in, get them to loosen up. And also, not just in terms of performance, but get them to learn to use the microphone as a vehicle just to communicate what's on their mind and what's on their chest. Rapper Rafa Papa had a choice, either fight or create music. What made me want to perform, they didn't let me fight. My mother said, nah, I can't let my son fight. So I, I looked into a way to make music. And I, I started to like music when I started to hear reggaeton, like Biko C. More people should come and perform and show their talent. A lot of people's afraid and nervous and don't want to do it. Alexander, another singer at the open mic, also has a taste for the limelight, despite the challenges of performing. He believes that everyone is an artist. It's very nerve-wracking to me at first, and I have a hard time really feeling comfortable at first. But when I really get into it, and when I have a few drinks that helps as well, um, I feel great, and I actually feel you know, like I'm the only one there in the world. You know, everybody that comes here is an artist, so they all make me feel like you know I'm a part of what they're a part of, which is you know, music or whatever their art is. So it just feels great when I feel like I'm aware of people who do the same thing I do. So I decided to take the stage to show that I am also a diamond in the rough. We'd become one all right away, all right away. For NEPR's Media Lab, I'm Daniel Smith. I felt energy of the sun rays. I saw the light inside of you. New England Public Radio's Media Lab is made possible through the generous contributions from the Berkshire Bank Foundation, Incorporated, the Community Foundation of Western Massachusetts, the Irene E. and George A. Davis Foundation, Tom and Kit Dennis, Thomas and Marilyn Ewig, the Kitteridge Foundation, Mass Humanities, TD Bank and TD Charitable Foundation, the United Bank Foundation, the Rotary Club, and two anonymous donors. To find more of our work, please visit us at npr.net. Thank you.